0: high school slumber party ap is a cage club podcast network production for all things cage club and high school slumber party head over to cageclub.me that's cageclub.me
1: Welcome slumbers who take their studies a little more seriously. I'm Brian Rodriguez.
0: And I'm Aislinn Addington. And this is High School Slumber Party AP, a study session in contemporary teen films.
1: And your assignment today was to watch 2020's All the Bright Places. But before we chat all about that, we have some homework to discuss.
0: Absolutely. Please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to us right now. Could be Google Podcasts, could be Apple Podcasts, could be Spotify, Stitcher all those fun places. Subscribe.
1: And of course, class participation is a huge part of your grade. Follow High School Slumber Party on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Before we get into all the bright places, any feedback for our last two episodes on The Last Summer or Tall Girl?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think certainly I heard some feedback for tall girl from my uh, graduate school crowd they were delighted to hear dr jane webb on the episode yeah it was super fun to to chat with her about her research and the film and just get to catch up a little bit with um with an old friend
1: yeah i I figured that one would get more traction than the than the uh the last summer because i don't know (laughs) i think we ripped the last summer a new one so yeah, we weren't kind. I mean, we weren't that kind of tall girl either, but new guest. Oh, I was going to mention this. You you actually commented today, as we're recording, that you did not pick that film. But So, we, we do every week, of course, uh, like, triple feature recommendations or whatever. And you technically yeah. did choose Big Time be You hadn't seen it. But, uh, oh. the... yeah, so Griffin Gluck plays Dunkelman in Tall Girl, and we all... Yes. We were like, you know, we uh, big fans could of Dunkelman.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: And I had mentioned that he was in that film and he did a really good job in that film. And you were like, you know what? Let's pick that so we could watch it. Okay. And see the Dunkelman performance. <laughs> well, not Dunkelman. Sorry. Yeah. The, right. <laughs> the Griffin Gluck performance. I, no, I'm sure, I'm sure it didn't cause controversy. Like, are they fighting? Is High School's Lumber Party AP breaking up? You know, all the rumors online. <laughs> I wish, that'd be cool Not that we would break up, I wish there was like
0: (laughs) Rest assured, we'll make it through
1: (laughs) I wish there was the online discourse (laughs) That would be fun Um, No, but Yes, that was really what I got On Tall Girl A couple couple, of friends said something here or there Everyone loved Jane So But yeah, I mean Tall Girl, like I said Even though so many people watched it Really got like kind of shit on online at the time so any comment or things that were said to me were along those lines like oh I remember that movie about the tall girl you know yeah stuff
0: like that. it's <laughs> too bad I mean it's it's I feel like I I'm all I'm ready to be generous it's just you know some they made some choices and I think they could have done better so
1: so speaking of homework, I'm not sure if you did yet because our recording schedule has been weird, but did you get to watch To All the Boys, Always and Forever the Third?
0: No, I'm so sorry. I didn't.
1: Uh, and that's totally okay. I just wanted to throw it out there. The way we're recording these days, we're just having fun. We're just recording when we can record. So want to see if you saw it and remind you that that is your existing homework. Yes, set.
0: I will. By the next time that we all chat, I will have watched it. I am um, butted up against additional recordings this week. So I did fail to do that.
1: It's not a failure, even though it's AP.
0: It's an extension.
1: It's still high. He- yes, exactly. And it's still high school slumber party. Ultimately, it's a fun slumber party. So me and I hope the slumbers are just curious what you think about the franchise being tied up in that way. So
0: really, and I I am very curious to see what the, that third iteration will Will bring us.
1: I know, Iceland. the last couple times we recorded, you were back home experiencing more of that high school life. Not, not really high school life, but I'm sure there was a little nostalgia going back home, right?
0: Absolutely. Always. There always is. Um, there are two folks in particular that I'm very close to that I went to high school with. I knew them both before high school, but we were also in high school together. And I got to see each of them individually in a safe and happy way. And um, it always just feeds my soul to connect back with folks that, that I've known for so long and that we've been part of each other's lives for so long. And so that was a fantastic part of, of being back near my hometown.
1: Well, that's definitely great to hear. Uh, I'm assuming you did not watch All the Bright Places with your mom though?
0: I didn't, because I, yes, I'm back here now, and I watched it, just just the dog and me, and I watched it in a couple of sessions.
1: Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I had suggested this film because I saw it during my famous, now infamous 2020 rewatch of 20-something films, and again, there are films that were on in the background, and I... I I was waiting for someone else to watch. You ever read a book or watch a movie? You're like, I want someone else to watch it so I can talk about it for better yeah. or worse, right? Like, <laughs> so I've been feeling this for a long time with this movie, and I just rewatched it, obviously, and I really just want to talk about positives, negatives, everything. Before we get into it, though, it a lot of sensitive subjects in this movie. Um, A lot of uh, dark things. I should let you know, Aislinn. And the slumbers, I think I've let know at the time. I am a suicide survivor. I've had uh, one of my best friends, unfortunately, to his own life when he was 19. So it's always been something that affected me. I was a little, uh, well, as you can imagine, I was, um, you know, I couldn't remember much of this movie. I just knew I wanted to talk about it. And once I put it on, I'm like, oh, it, this is why.
0: <laughs> this is the movie, Yeah,
1: yeah. Regarding that, so just that, I guess the warning is, if that's something that affects you, maybe you don't want to listen to our conversation yeah. today.
0: If today's not the day, then, or this is not the movie, that's that's okay. There's plenty of back catalog and other, um, you know, go back to a favorite High School Slumber Party episode instead. And if there's a time you feel like it, pick this one back up. It doesn't have to be a static situation, but I, yeah, I, I, I thank you for, highlighting that because that did sneak up on me as um, Netflix did not warn me at all.
1: <laughs> no, which you just pointed out. I'm like, "Really? Netflix doesn't say it's that." It's weird.
0: You know, I remember in um, I was on a campus they were working with students when the first season of 13 Reasons Why came out and it was very popular amongst students I was engaged with at the time and We saw a like a direct soon after it came out, then then they started to do some content warnings before different episodes and some had multiple content warnings and things. Um, So I know that that got picked up prior to 2020. And then, you know, you have the little top left corner right where you will say smoking, drug abuse, various things. And it it didn't say anything. The um, the website the Netflix like, landing page for this says Tear Jerker a couple of times. Well, but that's no. it. And I was shocked. I I thought that Netflix would have put just a little, a little place card there at the beginning.
1: All these streaming services are very weird in a sense that someone who knows way more about them than I do told me this once. And I figured this out because, like, so I have one of the streaming services I have is the Peacock, which is the NBC one. And I am like 80% deaf at this point in my left ear. And I almost always use subtitles. And for whatever reason, the Peacock did not have subtitles for, or does not still have subtitles for any of the movies I watched. I've messaged them. I've even tweeted them. And they're like, it should, it should. And I was talking to my friend about this and they're like, uh, streaming services to do that is, it's not an excuse for them, but it's so difficult because every single TV, every single, uh, like if you have a playstation or a roku or whatever and every different version of it needs to have different software and they're human and things slip through the cracks they should correct the, those things like that
0: it absolutely should
1: yeah absolutely you mentioned that it like clicked in my mind i know for, through this podcast that sometimes on certain versions it'll say certain things in that left blurb and other mm. technology it won't because Someone forgot or something. So Slumber oh, is out there. If yours did give a warning, let us know. Cause I am super curious about this because it yeah, really be should curious. be a warning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us what, what type of device you were using or, I mean, not what platform. Cause I think Netflix is the only one it's on, but no, I would be quite curious because I, I was su- surprised and like, I had almost invited someone to watch it with me and that it, it would not have been the right movie at this time for us to watch together and so like i i felt like oh wow i sh- i should have done some more i should have hit that wikipedia before i uh started i wanted i I wanted the experience to wash over me and i uh was surprised
1: well i uh i need to do a better job of that i think because i have seen the sometimes i do forget but some i have seen the movies and i need to just kind of like oh yeah that's that's that one and warn you so i do apologize Had you ever even heard of this film?
0: Um, Netflix had suggested it to me. And so that uh, sort of poster photo of the two young people kind of with their foreheads touching and and kind of with a horizon behind them, that was familiar to me. But that's it. I hadn't investigated any further than that.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And before this watch, similarly, Netflix kept suggesting this film. My wife had seen it, but we hadn't really talked about it. Um, I know, like, it was... During the heart of the lockdown, it was somewhat popular of a film in the Twitter discourse, but not something that I really paid attention to. This is a movie that I know a lot of people saw. Uh, it was a popular book, and we'll definitely get into that. So, Aizan, before we dive into production notes, why don't you let us and The Slumbers know what the Netflix description is that does not say suicide or give any warnings.
0: So yeah, does not does not say much, as as is their way. So, All the Bright Places came to Netflix in February of 2020. The um, description is two teens facing personal struggles form a powerful bond as they embark on a cathartic journey chronicling the wonders of Indiana, (laughs) which I had to read twice when I read that. The before I watched the movie, I was like, wait, Indiana, like, okay, Indiana. It's just the way that's phrased is it seems like they've someone has written the wrong word.
1: (laughs) Netflix loves to do this. We've talked about this. Just like not really tell you much about the movie. And that is, that is, I can't even describe it. Yeah, like, yes, the movie is about Fair those enough. things, but like, it's not, it's not how I would describe it to a friend or anything like that. The wonders of Indiana. Hilarious. So quick, quick uh, production notes then. Um, this is based on a YA novel, which is a question we'll answer later by Jennifer Niven. It was a YA novel that, look, I don't know the world of publishing, but once the publishers had it, they had already secured a movie deal before the the film came out and were super excited about it. Elle Fanning, who's our lead, was signed on in 2015 to be the lead of this film. The author had ex- had said, this is who I want. I don't know if that was in the contract, like the book dealer or whatever, like mm-hmm. try to get this person, but it is crazy sure. to, to think that she was involved that early in the process. It was shot actually shot in 2018, came out in 2020. I'm not sure why the delay.
0: So looking back through, I looked back through her IMDb. So like this was must, Have been based on what? Maleficent? Young Ones? We Bought a Zoo? I mean, because of the things I think of her for, you know, the Neon Demon, 20th Century Women, The Beguiled, all that is after 2015.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. That's a really good question. Maybe it was Maleficent. I'm just not sure.
0: And also keeping in mind, though, like both the um, fanning actors, have had long and and successful careers, you know, had started very young. I don't mean to say like, why did she want her for it? It's just interesting because I I feel like the last five years, there's a lot of stuff has come out. And so that this request was made based on way previous work was just interesting to me.
1: It is. It is very interesting. And I really wish there was more scholarship on why and about, like Elle Fanning is listed as a producer. For this film, so it's like, what was the process here, and the fact that it was like so delayed, I really wonder if there was some kind of I don't want to say turmoil, but like some kind of production history that we don't know about that I haven't been able to to find. It is interesting that, and, and this is no not a criticism at all. We love young people in High School Slumber Party, but someone so young would be a producer. It feels like there was something here, maybe. The movie had issues getting finished, and maybe she helped finance it because she was very proud of her work here. You know, I, again, I'm just making it up, but I've seen it happen before. Interesting. Huh. And speaking of Jennifer Niven, the author of the YA novel it's based on, she actually adapted it. And someone named Liz Hanna, who's a known screenwriter, also gave it a go. She wrote, um, along you know, for Steven Spielberg, she wrote that film, The Post. So... Ooh. It, it's something that, again, I, I wish I knew more about the background of this film. Sorry, slumbers, but I am very, very curious. 2015, though, is very important to discuss the, when the book was written because that was a time that YA was really, really, really picking up. The Fault in Our Stars, which I'm sure you know, we're going to talk about here, yeah. that was 2014. Yeah. And I don't know when that movie came out, but it was soon after, right?
0: Yeah, I think it had a similar path that way. And I say that only because I read it via Kindle, but the cover of the Kindle version of the book was had the actors in it.
1: <laughs> well, there you we go. It,
0: yeah, similar to, uh, I listened to the first Hunger Games and it was in production. had not, like there was no um, real publicity out for it yet. But I knew what Jennifer Lawrence looked like because of other seeing her in other things. And so in the audiobook, I had her pictured, but no one else. (laughs) No (laughs) one else was in it. So yeah, it sounds like you're you're right. There's there's some of these, you know, big franchises as well as I would say more kind of intimate stories, YA stories, that were um, very popular and and very popular to adapt at that
1: time. And that's another reason why I brought this film up, Iceland, uh, for us to talk about, because it really has a lot of the hallmarks of one of the subgenres that's super popular among teen films in the last couple of years, which is this kind of YA adaptation. The Map of Tiny Perfect Things is kind of similar in a sense like Boy Meets Girl. They have adventures. They do things. Obviously not as dark as this. It doesn't take those kind of turns, but um, it is definitely a subgenre where the questions that we ask at the end of every episode kinda make more sense. And I-, I felt like we hadn't really, we yes, with that film, but we hadn't really touched a lot of films like this. There are a lot of films made for teens or made about teens, I should say, in the last five years that take this trajectory. Why a novel? Kinda boy meets girl. Something tragic happens. Let's digest that and i don't know when we were growing up if there was a lot of things like this i don't feel like the teen films really were like this they were more like again american pie and things like that so i don't know it's fascinating to me that that we've gone kind of in this direction but i totally understand it that like these books are very popular so
0: yeah, I think I think that's part of it, I think that the the books maybe were more popular in a previous era the it's the adaptation or the not ease because I know it's not easy it's so hard to get like a film made but the. Um, the paths to do it, I think, are much more you know well trod and and there are more paths right because there's streaming services and things, and so I think part of it is. You know, all the industries involved realized they could be financially successful. And so that became part of part of the gig was, can we adapt this?
1: Definitely. We adapt definitely
0: it now. Sense. We better we better get our hands on the rights quickly. You know,
1: that totally, totally makes sense. And by the way, this is directed by uh, someone named Brett Haley. And he actually directed another Netflix movie and Netflix teen movie in 2020 called all together now so again i i don't know if that was part of it too like hey i'm directing this can you like distribute this other one that i did as well i, I don't know but i'm fascinated by this maybe i'm like a, too much of a nerd about this stuff but i'm very curious
0: the maze of streaming services
1: <laughs> so in terms of cast we already brought up l fanning she plays violet here justice smith plays finch theodore finch had you seen him in anything before
0: I had not. You know who I immediately thought would have been great in this role? Who? Jordan Fisher.
1: Oh my God. I should have guessed. Yeah. He would have been great in this role.
0: <laughs> it seems like a Jordan Fisher type, if you will. I had not. I'm just pulling up the, um, the IMDb to see. I thought he was certainly compelling and charming, but he wasn't particularly familiar to me. How, how about you? Has he shown up in other slumber party parties?
1: Slumber party? I don't think so. Uh, Have you done
0: Paper Towns?
1: We have not. Oh, is that when did that come out?
0: Well, that came out in 2015, but that's that same. It was, I read Paper Towns and Me, Ed, and the Dying Girl the same summer. So it's all part of this industry, right? Of getting.
1: Yes. I think you called it Me, Ed, and the Dying Girl, but it's Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, right? Oh,
0: pardon me. Yes. Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl.
1: Because we covered the movie, and I forgot that that was a book, and that's totally in this same. World, you're in right. Paper Towns is as well, and we haven't done it, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. Interesting, yeah. So I had actually seen him in two movies that aren't Slumber Party adjacent. uh He he's in the newer Jurassic Park movies, the Jurassic World franchise. He's kind of part of like the guy in chair team in those films.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: <laughs> and like a tech guy. Yeah, they have like a tech. They have like a team of young people who. You know, help out with computers, like <laughs> okay. as you've seen in I'm sure a lot of films, and he's also in uh, Detective Pikachu, which is a Pokemon movie. A couple other things that maybe listeners are familiar with, but not high school slumber party as Jason thinks. Definitely very different roles than the role uh, he played today as Finch. A couple other people I want to bring up because this is a pretty small cast, mm-hmm. kind of a, like an intimate cast. Uh, Alexandra Shipp plays his sister. She's been in a bunch of things. Let's see, Straight Outta Compton. uh, Oh, she's Storm in the newer Mm X-Men movies. Love, Simon. Forgot about that. Uh, So she was a familiar face to me.
0: Yeah, I thought Um, she was great.
1: Like, I think I said this at the time. She really stood out in this movie. I I think she's awesome. I'd like to see her in more stuff. Agreed. Uh, The other two people I recognized and uh, were... Keegan Michael Key, which I mentioned to you, Iceland, it randomly appears on a lot of these teen films.
0: You did, and that is um, folks who know me know I am a big fan of Keegan Michael <laughs> Key. I I find him so charming and delightful, and fun and talented and handsome. So I was I was delighted, and it. it I mean, as I think all listeners know, my. My lighthouse, like my guidepost, is perks being wallflower, and so I would call this role like the Paul Rudd role <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. for him. And I, I've seen him do that a couple of times in things, and obviously he was in prom as well. So I, you know, he he knows his way around a a faculty office on a <laughs> on a teen film for sure.
1: A Netflix teen film too. I don't again, we don't know about this Netflix deal, but they're like Keegan Michael Key. You're gonna play a school administrator for like five movies. Sure.
0: <laughs> and then Wilson, right?
1: Yeah, Luke Wilson. Luke Luke Wilson plays the dad kind of randomly here. Al Fanning's dad in this movie. So that that was an interesting treat. Um, anyone else in the film that you really recognized or stood out to you?
0: I mean, Kelly O'Hara, who played Violet's mom, is absolutely familiar. I just I think she's just been a working actress for a long time. And so, you know, I've I've seen her before. Um And then I, I don't know, I, I didn't, I can't tell you, I didn't look them up necessarily, but I thought several of the like friend of young people were also really good in the, you know, um, Finch's friends that have a couple of scenes Mm -hmm. with them as well as um, Violet's friend is Abigail that kind of comes back around in the support group. I thought they really kind of held their own in their scenes i I think sometimes in these movies i can feel the tears of experience and and i didn't really hear i thought everybody really brought their their you know a work to the table
1: i definitely definitely agree with that i thought it was a really balanced cast and it's one of the better parts of the film in terms of Uh, The casting and most of the acting. You mentioned Kelly O'Hara, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that name. So she's a huge Broadway actor. She is a name here in New York that, if you want to have your play, she's won a Tony. She's been nominated, I think, six or seven times. Not a lot of TV and film work. I mean, she's been in stuff, but. I was mm-hmm. like, once you said that name, I'm like I've seen that name on a, on a ton of marquees. On a marquee,
0: and, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So that's pretty cool. Let's let's talk on the movie though. Let's get let's get into it because there's a lot to talk about here. Again, it's kind of heavy. Very yeah. curious of, of your thoughts on how they handled certain things, or mm-hmm. again, what you think because literally, I'm <laughs> just saying this. It was one of those movies where like I need someone else to watch it so I can talk about it for better or worse.
0: And there's there are definitely highs and lows. I, yes, let's share with the audience. I did text you when I was partway through. You've already mentioned the Fault in Our Stars. And I said, Oh, this is Fault in Our Stars, except instead of cancer, it is suicide. In that, when we first meet the two characters, it appears that Violet may or may not be suicidal. And it's not entirely established right away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he meets her as she's standing on a bridge in a somewhat precarious fashion. And then as as the story goes, then it it turns out in terms of who is a victim of the circumstances that it, it ends up that that Finch is the one who uh, completes a, su- a suicide in the film. Spoilers. I was, I don't know what I want to say, I don't want to say I was put off by the similarity, but it made it harder for me to get through the movie once I put that together.
1: For sure. And, and yeah, th- I totally get that. And the funny, the funny thing is probably this movie was greenlit probably because of its similarities, right? Because that movie did probably. so well. This is another hallmark of the movie that I wrote down early on. Yeah. No matter, no matter what's happening in the film too, no matter how like tragic it gets. And it gets super tragic. I kept like thinking back. I'm like, these are really like beautiful people. Like in these, <laughs> right? Like, <and laughs> And I think that's a hallmark of this kind of movie. Like, Elle Fanning is kind of this... She's lost her sister um, in a car accident. She's definitely going through a lot. I totally... totally And she was
0: involved in the car accident as well, right? So, like, the, the trauma includes the car accident itself and then surviving the car accident.
1: For sure. And she's someone who, I don't know, like... I was struggling finding what her social place in this high school was. That's something, obviously, watching all these movies, I kind of look for. Yeah, I don't know if she was like once a popular girl and now going through a lot, so she's more of a loner. I know she has that one friend who we'll talk about. Or if she was always kind of a loner. She kind of dresses like Diane Keaton, and I mean that in a compliment. Yeah. As a compliment, you know what I mean? At times, I was like very... I don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing, to be honest with you, but I was very distracted and like beautiful people dressing really awesome, living their lives. And I think that's something that like appeals to the Instagram teens of today or maybe the TikTok teens, you know?
0: I felt like it was one of those situations where if I had gotten the DVD and there were some extras, there'd be a conversation with the costumer and the actors about how the costumes contributed to their characters like i Mm -hmm. it all felt some of the some of that and i would say specifically the wardrobe part i i felt was sort of over intentional a little bit of like okay we've got to put these little bit not dorky but like these little bit generic glasses on her so that she's so you don't see that this is supermodel l fanning and she's been through this very you know, she's in the middle of this very, very difficult time. And so I think the layers and the, you know, the coat and all that, like she's creating barriers between her and the world because it's all too hard. So it's like, I I see what you're doing, but I see what you're doing a little. I felt it was just a little bit, I don't know, like captioned for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that it's not just the fashion. That's a through line for the movie. I think a lot of it's intentionally, intentionally, The music, which I love the music, but it's really so of this time and in your face in terms of like indie song, silent montage. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For the record, for me, it was like the opening scene, which is where she's on the bridge and he kind of distracts her and gets her off the bridge. And then shortly after they get into like a Virginia Woolf quote off. (laughs) And that's where I looked it up because I was like, I see what they're doing here. Yes. And then it was like confirmation bias. And then I texted you. (laughs) I will say I was distracted by his chest hair. (laughs) And I know it comes up off and on in High School Slumber Party more broadly of like
1: chest hair. Exactly.
0: No. Yes. But, (laughs) um, you know, adults playing teens and this and that. And, you know, they are both kind of slight, you know, um, slim built humans. Mm-hmm. But earlier on in the movie, he's in the bathtub and completely submerged underwater. and i I notice his chest hair. And like, I, I'm sorry, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's like realistic high school chest hair or not. and And then again, when and one of the first times they're kissing, when he must have short sleeves on, and like he had his hands on her face. and then you could see his arm, I was like, Oh, the arm hair matches. Like, he's just a hairy dude. And that's fine. Like, no disrespect. I just wondered, when something is so meticulously costumed, I don't understand why they don't also, like, meticulously groom. Because he's in high school.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting take. I wasn't thinking about that. Let's see. This was shot in 2018. So he was 23 when he shot this. Okay. Uh, not terribly old. We've seen No, worse, but five,
0: but... five. I mean, just in, so I guess, I guess that's what I'm looking for from our listeners. And to be clear, I don't want photos. I'm just <laughs> interested in like a like yes or no. Is this realistic high school chest hair? I just don't know. I'm trying to think back. <laughs> I don't rem I don't remember the chest hair I encountered in high school.
1: Well, I I can tell you from my own personal experience. As someone who has chest hair, I did not have it nearly at that level in high school. So you're right about that. Then again, I didn't look as pretty as any of the people in these movies in high school.
0: So A, a small sample that way.
1: There were no L Fannings walking around my high school, I'll tell you that. No.
0: No. I... Yeah. <laughs> I liked them together a lot.
1: Okay, I was going to ask you about that. What did you think of their dynamic because I wasn't sure about it, to be honest with you. There's a lot I liked, but there's a lot that made me uncomfortable and I don't know
2: mm-hmm.
1: why. And I kind of wanted to ask you about sure. that because like, let's talk a little bit then about the character of Finch, right? We know that his father's kind of taken off. We know that he's certainly got some issues early on that he's sorting through. He he discovers Violet, El Fanning's character, on that bridge and he starts to for lack of a better word, pursue her. And I don't know I still don't know watching the movie if he's just genuinely want to help her help her or he's like I don't know how else to put it, but we see in so many of these films, these high school films, kind of even Tall girl like Dunkleman, right? Like Right. That, that like, I
0: love you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That constant, constant like, oh choose me, choose me, choose me. Yeah. And I again, they seemed like they were coming from places that would help each other. But there were certain times that I saw him and I was like, is he just doing this to, for lack of a better term, get in her pants, you know? And gotcha. That made me a little bit uncomfortable okay. thinking that that was a possibility. On this watch, I didn't feel as much as, I did, as that on the first watch, which mm-hmm. I, I think is good. While he's pushy and assertive in his words, he's not necessarily. He doesn't feel again like Dunkelman or like so many of those characters. Like, why don't you like me necessarily? Right. I don't and
0: know. He's not. I don't. I don't find to be like sexually aggressive or that persistent sort of thing. I guess where my interpretation is different and also fraught in that I saw it as him like picking her as a project Mm. which, which i also like don't think is a good foundation for a relationship like so in that sense it's really not about her it's about him distracting himself from what he's running from and hiding from or or not able to process or kind of whatever his he's looking externally rather than doing the internal work and they're both pretty people. They spend a lot of time together. They are both vulnerable in different ways. And so then there is a romantic connection that develops. But yeah, no, I didn't think it was him getting in her pants so much as, as him being like, oh, good, there's something else for me to focus on.
1: Mm. See, that's a, that's a really good call. Uh, there's something I actually really like about this movie that also tell disturbs me. me. Okay, tell <laughs> me. If that makes sense? I see exactly what you said and kind of her behavior as something that could be realistic among teenagers. And especially also, because look, I, I like I said, I was 19 when I lost a friend. That year or two years or even longer after was mm-hmm. so, so cloudy to me. I made mm-hmm. so many wrong decisions, so many things that just felt out of body, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think this movie actually... Portrayed that pretty well at times. The weird thing to me is that it almost glorified it at times. Yeah. That's the tug I have inside me, right? Like, I read a lot of reviews and they're like, oh, this is stupid. People hmm. wouldn't behave like this. And I don't necessarily believe that because I felt that way at times. Yeah. And I behaved that way. And it was irrational and just weird. And I wouldn't be surprised if. I did what he did of what you're saying in terms of sure a- another human being, be- as fucked up as that is, another human being became a distracting project to me at that point. you right. know I'm not saying it was a good thing at all. I was in a bad place. And I think these two characters are not in great places necessarily. No. So I actually believe a lot of their actions and it rang true to me. It's just kind of sometimes weird that at times to me, it was portrayed as romantic. Am I making any sense, Larry?
0: Yeah, you are. Absolutely. I I think part of it is that, you know, this film and and I now I'm sorry, I haven't read the book because my guess is there's more nuance in the book Mm. that they're trying to illustrate a really complicated concept or set of concepts, you know, that is what you're describing. Similarly, I had the thought, especially when, you know, Finch disappears off and on and And at one point, Violet is waiting in his room and he's he's trying not to tell her things, but she's kind of demanding information. And what seemed very clear from my like old lady perspective was that he's trying to figure out how to not become his dad. Yeah. Right. He sees in himself or he feels in himself these things and with seeming a lot of it undiagnosed in both cases right your diagnosis is not an excuse for your behavior his father was abusive that is not a medical condition that's a you know a a behavior that someone chooses to hurt someone else but he's he like recognizes the rage in himself and is trying to figure out but but is also not willing to say it out loud so that no one can help him like no one can say you're not your father you're doing, you know, like you're, you're here's, is, here's is help or here's kind of other things. And, and I don't think this particular film version does a good job of getting to those complexities of,
2: mm.
0: so it comes off as a wild adventure or yeah, or him being him trying to save her or him trying to um get in a relationship with her where, you know, what, what you describe that like feels more real to you is also what's happening they're just not kind of placing it with as much nuance as as it would which is hard in this kind of with with these complex like human stuff it's much easier to do you know american pie
1: (laughs) (laughs) american pie aside right i think it's much easier to do a teen romance right straightforward romance yeah and you know, maybe that's something they were trying to get out of here. There is romance in this film, obviously, but
0: Yeah. which honestly bothered me. I think I would have liked it better if they were friends, because I, I'm up. I'm so upset for her.
1: Well, the first time I watched this film, I was just like, and we'll get to the ending. But when you know seeing that, I'm like, what? No, she's already lost so much. Why yeah. do this to us? author slash filmmakers why yeah. do this to her like it, it, that's it was in insanity to me it was just i couldn't wrap my head around like mm-hmm. why they would make that choice and i'm not saying it in a good way or a bad way but it definitely affected me i'm like oh my god mm-hmm. I, you know i keep bringing this up but like i had to deal with one death at 19 right. i can't imagine with having t- after that getting close to someone. And someone else dying. I can't even imagine coming back from that.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And and I don't, when I say I feel bad for her, I, I don't, I want to be very clear that I'm not saying, like, he did this to her. No, no, yeah. Like, they're they are truly kind of independent tracks. But because he had so kind of pursued whatever kind of relationship they had together and kind of demanded that they... Be close, it is heartbreaking that she has had kind of the next person that she felt close to, that she allowed herself to feel close to, then is also suddenly gone. That is absolutely devastating.
1: Devastating. I don't know if I would be able to love again, to be honest with you. That's so, oh my God. So I want to take a quick left turn to something yeah. you mentioned before, and it's uh, the show 13 Reasons Why. I, did you say that you had watched it? I know there was a lot of discourse around.
0: Um, I didn't. At the time that it came out, I was doing prevention and response on a college campus, and I felt like I had enough real stuff in my brain that I wasn't interested in recreational um, abuse, etc. So I, I apologize I haven't. I've read about it, and I've kind of kept up with the conversations a little bit, but I have not watched it.
1: No, and and I haven't either, and I kind of was avoiding it for... I I don't work in St. Fielzy or anything, but I was avoiding it for more personal reasons. Sure. And it's something that I was curious about. I mean, if you've kept up with the discourse, I know there was a lot of talk of like... A lot of people felt that it was very inappropriate and exploitative Mm -hmm. at times. Um, And I know it was really popular, especially among young people. Right. I, I was wondering if you felt if this film kind of exploited these people's personal problems
0: yeah i mean it's so tough because i think i think what the popularity shows us is that god i am an old lady today uh, is that like you know young people are thirsty for the discussion for Mm. the topic because whether we like it or not folks are exposed to violence abuse experience uh mental health concerns at at, at young ages and we tend to not want to talk about it or not want to name it or not want to you know engage with it publicly right it's very private i don't know i just think about like you know middle school where you know uh, a counselor would walk down the hall and ask one student to come down the hall with them like so like you knew that student was going to counseling but no one would ever talk about why or what that or or you know somebody disappears for a couple months and then comes back like Mm -hmm. so i i get the like hunger for reflecting back what is happening whether we like it or not and i think if you're gonna do that it's important to be careful and be intentional And and do it with care and like with knowledge of these are real things that real young people are going through all the time. Let's not sensationalize it. Let's have a frank discussion. And I I do believe there was a sort of shift where for the second season, they did kind of shift perspectives and, and they went beyond the book. And then there were some like study guides or things so that, okay, let's bring this into the classroom then and be able to talk about it. So I, I do think they tried to make a shift after there were people that were like, and yes, there were people that were scandalized, right? Oh my gosh, why, why did you put out this, this thing that puts ideas in kids' heads or whatever? And I think my point is the ideas, the experiences, they're already there, right? That's not what this is. So I would rather folks have an opportunity to talk honestly about what they're going through than to be silenced. And when it's done crappily, It really hurts me in the feelings.
1: (laughs) For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I land on that with this film because, again, when I was growing up, did not watch a lot of movies about this kind of stuff. And I probably would have appreciated watching some things. That Okay. So go back. Let's go back to the Keegan-Michael Key character um, that I guess he's like a counselor in the school of some sort. And he's, he's trying to relate to Finch. And he's trying, you know, he's talking to him about that group he should go to, whatever. And Fincham ends up going and, and all that. And that that part I liked. I liked seeing that. And it was, because, like, again, when, I, I'm just speaking for myself, when I was growing up, if you would see any kind of, from mental illness or personal struggle in a film, it was always sensationalized. Sure, there were indie films that handled this, but I'm talking about mainstream yep. stuff. I would go Absolutely. on a Friday to see with my friends, right? I appreciated seeing that here. I was in college when I, you know, lost my friend and I didn't know, you know, where to turn to even. Not a lot of people had gone through that. And luckily, it was something where I, um, you know, eventually was pointed in the right direction to counseling center on school and I wish I knew the person's name, but really, really helped me get through it and, and and focus and just like put me in the right direction. And I'm so appreciative of that. But like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm bringing it up because I would like some of our art to normalize that kind of stuff
2: yeah. and it'd
1: be okay. And I think I see a lot of that here, but I also don't want it to be sensationalized where yeah. it'd be. You know, there's a weird thin line between that. It's even harder for me to even talk about.
0: No, I I agree completely. And as I was watching it, I was trying to, whether it was put myself, you know, back in a, okay, we're in the dorm, freshman or sophomore year of college, and we put this movie on. Or like, I was trying to think like, okay, who in the dorm, who would this have been their favorite movie, right? Where at the time, for instance, what is that one? with Shane West and Mandy Moore. It's a Nicholas Sparks.
1: Oh, A Walk to Remember.
0: Oh my God, A Walk to Remember. There were a couple <laughs> people, and this, let's keep in mind, this was an all women's dorm in a um, mildly religiously affiliated college. So um, there's a lot a lot to unpack there, but like that was what they loved. And I I even at the time, like questioned that, but um, so I was trying to think like, who would this appeal to and what is this? Where does this land on that line? And I, I think like you, I don't, I don't know, I think I'm so glad that you were able to navigate your way to um, a place that was helpful, that's amazing because I think we weren't talking about it very much at that time. Although knowing statistically that like the most dangerous time for a young person is kind of the year outside on either side of graduating high school. Like statistically I knew that was true, but, but yeah, I don't think we were addressing it communally Mm -hmm. and so yes I would rather this movie be there to speak to the profound loss that is possible at a young age and I don't like that yeah that that Violet is left kind of at the end having worked so hard to put herself out there to then kind of have a similar outcome like that's that sucks. And so I don't know. I, I like the road that this movie is on. I don't really like the destination.
1: Yeah. And that, that breaks my heart so much. It really does. And I keep going back to what you said though, with maybe the book has more nuance. Maybe one of our slumbers out there has read the book. Um, I, I read something in the IMDb trivia that said that the author based this on someone she knew, the, finch character who i believe was bipolar or something she should be in love with uh, something along those lines whatever yeah. not to dismiss any of that but
0: no i mean it's also dangerous to portray something that and also to portray it in an undiagnosed way i don't know i i'm going to look into the book exactly i, I i'm not gonna buy it i might find it at the library because <laughs> now i'm super curious uh again because i don't want to silence anyone who's trying to bring up tough topics and yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't think this was entirely successful. And I think we, you know, we'll get there when we, when we give it a grade, I'll, I can give it a grade, but yeah, I would say just decidedly mixed feelings.
1: For sure. For sure. Uh, it, and I, again, I don't know if the book does a good job or a bad job with that, but that to me is like, I, I feel like she wanted to talk about certain things that maybe like you're right, didn't come across in the film. Mm-hmm. My sophomore year of college, again, was really, really tough for me for that reason. But also, a roommate of mine, uh, I'll just say that he had somewhat of a slowly deteriorating uh, mental state. And the procedure at the time really disturbed me. Um, so, he, basically, I, I don't know. I Look, I can't diagnose what was going on with him. Obviously, I'm not professional, but... It was pre- pretty scary to us because we didn't know what to do. Um, he was up all night. He was not being himself. He start he started to look at the newspaper and say that stories were about him that weren't about him. That's we- very scary. We didn't know what to do. You know, I told someone at Good. the cam- at campus, but unfortunately, and I say unfortunately. I guess the procedure at the time was that the police came. Mm-hmm handcuffed him and you know took him away in front of all his peers and I I felt guilty I mean I was just trying to get him help you know terrible procedure I hope that's still not the procedure on college campuses in New York because that is not regardless it did make me you know think back to that time and think back to now with age of course that helps but also there is more of a discourse about this kind of stuff, mental health, that like, now I'm like, okay, I kind of, you know, nobody's going through whatever, not know what he's going through, but like, it was more comfortable with me. At the time, I was like, what the hell is going on, kind of. Sure. And I only bring it up because just to go back to, I think art can have a really responsible place in this, but you're playing with this certain fire that like, if you don't do it right, you can create these misconceptions that maybe how i felt about him too at that time was misconceptions that i had watching other shit on tv you know what i mean
0: right i don't know i I agree i agree i think that if you're writing a, a movie about the prom there's a range of doing it well or doing it crappy the consequences of doing that crappy to me are very different than if you're writing a story about young people struggling with mental health and grief and abuse and all that right it's i i I agree 100 i'm sorry that that was the outcome for everyone involved i'm so glad you were empowered to to ask for help i want to say almost certainly that would not be the same route that would be like that first step anymore my my hope would be again there's more new ones in the world you no one should be scared in their home and that's what's tough right in a dorm situation yeah for sure
1: i that's why I, another reason i wanted to talk about this movie with you because like i i'm not qualified to say and i don't know if it handles everything right here even with Let's talk about, you know, his anger issues. Finch has anger issues that can be very scary at times. We don't don't see the full extent of that, but the first time I watched it, I was worried that it was going to take a really, really dark turn here. Again, I just hope that when filmmakers tackle subjects like this, they try to inform themselves as much as possible and not lean in a certain direction this way or that way and i don't think again he didn't really turn that way if anything maybe he was removing himself from situations i'm not 100 percent sure eventually you know things go bad but right. i'm saying like in the middle of the movie part of me was like i hope they're not glorifying him as like some sort of like mr darcy brooding in the corner
0: oh sure you know like yeah the- i i hope not too i don't think so but they are Yes, they are a unicycle on the tightrope of that situation, and and it made me uneasy, and so it made it less enjoyable.
1: Look at like a never, rarely, sometimes, always, right? Like sure. uneasy the entire time in that film, but that film felt nuanced Different. and well researched, and mm-hmm. wasn't like a romance story. Not at right. All. Did not. So- I don't
0: think glorified any of the any aspects of it. Yeah. It was much, I mean, it was also much more raw. This is a much more polished
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and I don't mean that as a quality thing. Um, I mean, it kind of stylistically. Yeah. I, I don't know. It it makes me want to ask, you know, I have a couple of former students in their early twenties. I'll reach out and ask if anyone's watched it and what their, what their um, takeaways were. And if, if it's one that really resonated or not, I guess my, my concern, a concern but i don't know i think it goes back a little bit to my comment about it kind of being overly dressed Mm. i i didn't entirely believe violet i saw l all the way through i very much felt like she was acting and so i don't know maybe that kept it from being too transformative for people i don't know now i'm just in the weeds
1: i mean that's what we do in the ap we get in the weeds so no no worries about that. And again, I don't know if we'll have answers about everything with this film. Uh, and again, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because it is... And like I said, it did, it did do something, some things that I thought were good in that respect. Like I said, like I loved seeing that fog after you lose someone and yeah. kind of what that's like on you and just trying to navigate that. And kind of like the map of Tiny Perfect Things, I didn't mind their little fun chase through Indiana. Was like, I, I like a movie that has stuff like that. Like, oh, let's find this. The highest point in Indiana was hilarious to me. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that little roller coaster was cool, you know? Like, I, I don't know. And how many movies are about Indiana?
0: <laughs> right. Yes. Again, I had to read it twice and be like, oh, Indiana? Indiana? The Wonders <laughs> of Indiana. But I think that's, you know, I mean... It's funny because the Netflix synopsis is not, is always short, is not always cute. So I feel like it was being cute, but I didn't like pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were aspects that I, that I, that were were charming, but overall it like lacked charm for me.
1: Was there anything you want to talk about specifically before really we talk about Well, we've already talked about kind of how this film ends, but was there anything specifically in the movie you wanted to discuss? Scenes, moments, or?
0: Just, I guess, a shout-out, like you had done at the beginning, to Kate, the sister. I, I was so compelled whenever they were on screen together. That was another person that I had so much empathy for. She seemed to be trying her very best to take care of a lot of things, also at a very young age. And so I... You know, similarly to Violet, my hope is that she as a character was able to process and, and make it through this next tragedy. I thought she did a great job as an actor in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, she definitely stood out for sure. We've already talked about how it ends with a kind of weird suicide in terms of he goes to his usual spot, which he's introduced which is a lake. And we don't really, obviously, Thank God we don't see his suicide. I don't want to see that. But, you know, there's a a funeral, and she kind of, after that, she reconnects with her friend a little bit, who uh, was in that group with, that uh, therapy group with him. And she admits to her friend that, you know, she's kind of lost touch with her a little bit. And honestly, I actually did really relate to that, because that's something I did feel guilty about, being sure. a young person going through this and feeling all about me in a sense and my thing and not being able to be there for my friends, e- even the friends who weren't going through the same thing a- a- as me. So I did, you know, appreciate that because I feel like that's definitely a real thing where you kind of come, Some at one point you come to the realization, like, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. I'm sorry I wasn't. Yeah.
0: And even like, I'm sorry I didn't know, right? That yes. That's friend. So like you know yes there's a one friend who lost a sister and that was very public the other friend is i don't know uh living with struggling with um bulimia and suicidality like but isn't the, it's so private and i think that's one of the really insidious things about some of those particular life experiences like that aren't in the paper and not that one is better than the other but but yeah i i agree i always love in any age, but particularly, you know, these kinds of things when there's a reconciliation and an understanding of like, we have, gosh, we've been through a lot and we have this distance, but we want to do the work to get back together because for long friendships, that's what you have to do. And so I particularly, I love when women are doing that work in movies. Again, I got to see over the summer, a friend of mine that I've had since kindergarten and we have not, we've not been close every year of my life, but I know that if I need something, I can reach out, right? So I, I agree. I'm glad that that was part of the resolution of the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's still, I'm left at the end with this, like, what the, you know, this is going to be tough for her. This is like...
0: No, poor Violet. How yeah. many trench coats, how many sweaters? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, I guess last thing I'll ask before we get to our questions. Um, What did you think of the... Aesthetics of the film, the the look of the movie. That's something that people talked about a lot online. So, oh really?
0: Okay. I thought it was like I said, polished. You know, clearly there was some money there, and then I was interested in like clearly Violet's house was Violet had a very nice house, like her kitchen, like. Gorgeous kitchen They make the pancakes. I was just like, it was kitchen porn for me. In <laughs> Finch's house seemed really nice as well. And I didn't entirely understand, like we don't see them. Like the, the mother is discussed, you know, but Kate is always working. So I didn't entirely understand, is there meant to be a difference in socioeconomic circumstances? And then the high school, I almost feel like we didn't, spend enough time in the high school for it to really have a personality for me. What what did you think and what were people saying?
1: Yeah, the high school, I agree, did not have a personality. Uh, We saw some of it, but that was kind of goes back to what I was saying with, I didn't know where her role in the kind of high school ecosystem was. And it's something I always look for in teen films. And it's something that wasn't very clear here. It doesn't have to be, but just wasn't. Uh, the house thing, I definitely noted as well. I'm like, everyone's house is awesome in this town. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe I need to move to Indiana because... Yeah, the amazing.
0: attic bedroom was pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, post notes, or he doesn't like fake post-it notes. I wrote that down.
0: That was funny. Yeah, I will I give I like you that. That. <laughs> so that was funny. And it, it was one of those moments, I think, we didn't talk as much about Finch, but like, he knows, I think he knows both what people want to hear he knows how to push buttons. He knows how to manipulate and he knows how to shift like a really good, a person who really knows how to drive uh, their, um, manual car. He knows how to shift back and forth between those to get through it. And when he finally goes to the support group, right, that's not till after stuff goes down. Mm -hmm. And that to me felt very, very true for like, a young person feeling out of control of like oh shit I have done the thing I wasn't supposed to do I better go do this now I might get credit for doing it if I do it now and it does end up helping him a little bit right but like yeah But it's yeah. like oh shit I better go do that like anyway so the post-it thing to me was very much like okay I'm gonna push your buttons a little bit uh and then I'm gonna get out of here before you make me talk about myself
1: and, and that's again something that I think the movie did well in terms of touching on, on that kind of stuff uh, so what they were saying about the look online, people actually, I think, really liked the look of this film and the music mm. and how, how that worked. I tried to think about it and, it. and I think in 20 years, when we look back on this movie or movies like this, we're going to really be like, oh, that is so 2020. It's very much feels like Instagram, this movie, like the the way mm. things are. The indie song with just like the silent montage of stuff. Mm-hmm. uh the way things are are filtered a little bit how they're framing just the and this beautiful stuff i'm not criticizing it but if you scroll through instagram and you scroll through your your friend not even your teenage friend just your friend going on vacation it looks a lot like in terms of like the mm-hmm. shots without them it looks a lot like how this film is shot i think which is interesting and i, I think we'll go back and because Imagine if this film was shot in 1978 or 1979, right? Right, and there was disco, really? yeah. And there's disco songs in the background of these these moments, or just like really 70s ish songs. We would feel we would get a kind of feeling that's probably. I'm just excited to go back in 20 years to movies like this and be like, oh, that's 2020. Because when you're living in the time, it's really hard to be like, how would I plan the 2021 party? You know. Oh my gosh
0: are you suggesting a time capsule oh in which in 20 years we talk about a couple of movies from 2020 i'm not saying the whole catalog
1: oh we should we but should, but like
0: a couple of them that'd well, be kind of fun
1: if podcasts are still a thing, if the earth is still alive and we're not. My God, yeah.
0: <laughs> it could be just the two of us with like a tin can and a string
1: <laughs>
0: in a post apocalyptic camp of some kind. As as I won't gonna... make it. Let's be honest. I'm not going to eat cat food. <laughs> like, I just, I'm not going to make it, folks.
1: That is actually like, this is not related to the episode at all, but one of my pet peeves. Uh, people who think they are going to make it through the apocalypse, who're just like, "I got a plan." I'm like, "Come on, man, come on!" <laughs> no, not at all.
0: Leave me behind. Officially,
1: what are you gonna do? I'm, I'm with you. Like, what are you gonna, you know what I mean? You, you try as hard as you can for as long as you can, but if it's
0: absolutely,
1: enough... <laughs> wow. We,
0: <laughs> I draw the line at eating cat food.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's then. <laughs> on that note. Let's get to our episode awards. My turn to read this week. So here goes. Who was this movie made for, Iceland.
0: I think it was made for teens.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I, I think definitely this is a movie about teens made for teens. Simple as that. Is it based on YA? Yes, we've yes, clarified it that. Is. <laughs> How about this one? Did we have a dead teen or dead parent?
0: We did indeed.
1: Indeed. Multiple dead teens, one off screen. Well, both off screen, but one we never got. It started with discussion of a dead teen and ended with a dead teen character. So, yeah. very YA of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Most likely to succeed. Who won the movie? Who comes out on top at the end of this film?
0: Oh, my goodness. Gosh, that is a tough one.
1: I was like, does anyone come out on top at the end of this film? Let's look what I really wrote.
0: Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a clear person there. I mean, I don't know based on assumptions we might make at the beginning of the movie. Violet? Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see a real strong front runner here.
1: I can't say Violet because you can't lose two people in that time span who are, are close to yeah, you I and consider a winner. So, I don't think anyone wins in this movie. So, I think yeah. we'll just move on from that one. Wooderson Award. Is there a character here you would have liked to have seen more of?
0: I mean, yes, I would love to see more of Kick and Michael Key.
1: That's who I had too. So <laughs> we're in agreement there. And not just not just him as an actor. I liked the character and he was yeah. being very helpful. So so yeah.
0: yeah, I did too. I felt like he was being he was being very helpful and also being professional, mm-hmm. which is not a word I like to use. I need a new word for that, but um he was staying within like his lane, I think sometimes you have the teacher, the guidance counselor that goes above and beyond. And and that might work in the story, but in real life would be very inappropriate. So I thought he was doing the best within the confines of his role, which as a person who works in systems like that, I very much appreciate, right? If we all do our role, the system hopefully will function. Um, it's when we start going outside of it that it doesn't. So, so yes.
1: There you go, Keegan Michael Key. You got Iceland's endorsement. So
0: always, always <laughs> have an endorsement.
1: Uh, long Duck Dong Award is there a character whose omission would make the film better?
0: Again, this is not a, like a glaring one to me. I didn't care much about the ex-boyfriend that then got beat up.
1: Oh yeah, I totally even forgot about that. You're right. I'd cut it. Just didn't matter. Yeah, it wasn't that it was it a just didn't matter. Film. It just, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: I would sort of rather it be. Well, yeah, it doesn't, but yeah no i didn't I didn't need him
1: that felt very teenage to me in a sense, not in really the accurate, but like a like teenage literature in a sense like there has mm-hmm. to be an ex boyfriend you know, so yeah, I'm with you, actually, I didn't have anyone written down for that one, but we'll be in agreement again. <laughs> Cameron Fry award did anyone look too old to be a high schooler? you already had some uh discourse about chest hair?
0: yeah, I guess i would uh, i would of of the folks that we encountered, I would have to give that to the actor portraying theodore finch i think i think with just and not even like a like not a i'm not suggesting a wax because that would have gone too far in the other direction (laughs) but just kind of some um some thinning of the body hair i think would have kept me from getting pulled out of the story
1: that's the way to go because it wasn't like okay like so i have a beard now most of the time i rock a beard but in high school i couldn't grow a full beard and and i'm (laughs) someone who can grow right now. I can grow a beard. Like I'm not bragging. I'm saying like, I I grow a beard very fast. But in high school, like I had like a wispy soul patch at times. Oh. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's what a high school looks like. You, I would think, exactly some wispiness. Yeah, the chest.
0: there is no whisk here. There was. It was. It was robust. It was proud. <laughs> As a human, that's. I think that's great. I'm. I'm not adverse to hair, but it did pull me out of like. Wait, because then in my head I'm like, okay, is he a senior? A sophomore, like, and then yeah, I didn't want to be thinking about, <laughs> yeah, like for the, sure. team for the sophomore. So, in any for case,
1: sure. yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, it's time for our exclusive AP question, which is the extra credit assignment. What classic teen film would you recommend to a character in this movie?
0: I understand that I'm very predictable. <laughs> And I hope that that's comforting. I do think Perks of Being a Wallflower would be a great read for either main character in this film, but particularly Finch, to connect with another young person who has been through trauma, who has been through abuse that they shouldn't have, and who finds connection and coping and, and a way to get through it. And also reaches out for help. So I can't even pretend it would be something else. What would
1: you say? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Maybe I'm a little predictable, but I'm going to say The Fault in Our Stars. And I would have them both watch it and be like, watch this. Do something different. Maybe, (laughs) Maybe your outcome will be different.
0: Make different choices.
1: Make different choices. And by the way, I'm half kidding, guys. It's not actual advice I would give to someone who... You know, it's probably going through that. But these particular characters, I'd be like, make your outcome different as well. Yes.
0: This and is whimsical I, advice yes. to characters, not humans.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for articulating that in a more intelligent manner. Because I don't want people to actually take my advice and watch the Fault in Our Stars if they're feeling at all like this. Okay. Report card grades. I've been waiting for this one, Island. I'm waiting for to hear what you would say. Of course in Ice's Lumber Party we we grade from A plus to F. Little cheat sheet, of course. Rotten Tomatoes, sixty-four percent by critics, sixty-one percent by the audience. Two point eight out of five on Letterboxd. and that all kind of checks out. Audience, critics, everyone felt mixed about this movie. And and if you read the reviews, it's the same. Some people loved it, some people didn't. So, Island, what is your grade though, from A plus to F?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I'm gonna give it a C. I mean, I could give it a C plus if you if you want me to. Um to me at that point, it doesn't like, I'm such a nerd that anything below a B, I don't care about the pluses or minuses, but um, it passed. I'm, I'm glad it was made. It is not the example I would go to for the complexity of of mental illness or grief. So um, it is there. And there are highs and there are lows and I give it a C. What do you give it?
1: Well, I gave it that uh, elusive C+, as you just discussed, for a lot of similar reasons. There was a lot I enjoyed about this film. As like emotional as it was, I liked re- having it revisit certain things in my own past and almost wish I was able to connect with more art at the time that was related to what I was going through. So I liked those aspects of it. And I did, we didn't talk enough about the whimsical adventures through Indiana. I did like those aspects of it. However, there's so much here that could have been more sharp, could have been focused on, better researched. Let's give the benefit of the doubt that it is possibly done better in the book. book. We're not sure, but it's definitely something, again, the C to me is that grade where it's like, you have some good ideas here, but maybe go back and sharpen this if you want it, this to actually be something that impacts people.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: Sleeping bag. What is your... Okay. One. This
0: is where some of that, the, the Indiana whimsy would come in. I yes. think, um I think in this case, it would be, I picture a postage stamp collection. Ooh called The Wonders of Indiana. And so the sleeping bag would be like the postage stamps highlighting the different Indiana landmarks and points of interest.
1: Ooh, you beat me because if we were gonna have this, this super uh, slumber party and we're just in our sleeping bags, we have custom sleeping bags for this film. I was literally just going to do one that is the shape of Indiana because it's kind of sleeping bag. Oh, that's
0: fun too. Uh, (laughs) Okay,
1: curl your... Your legs into that little bottom part. Is
0: <laughs> I like
1: it. Both Hoosier-themed sleeping bags for us. <laughs> rent two movies, get one free. You and I, Island, are this magical, magical blockbuster that has every film that has ever existed. We know that we are renting all the bright places, the one physical copy that exists. But we get to the counter, we see a sign that says rent two movies, get one free. Aislinn, you pick two movies, I'll pick two movies, and we'll have two separate trifectas here for all the bright places. So first, what are your uh, two films that you would recommend in a triple feature with this film?
0: Okay. I'm going to go a little wild Mm. on this. And inspired by the Virginia Woolf of it all, it did make me want to revisit The Hours. Nice. So we would have The Hours, which is pretty heavy then we would have this movie which is also fairly heavy and then we would finish it up with something that's just fun and silly um but still within our theme and so i would pick blockers as the third one
1: nice, nice.
0: there is we don't talk about it a lot but there is i guess there's um there's a little bit of of sexuality and intimacy in this um there is a love scene if you will and so i feel like violet and her sister might have rented blockers together you know if if they had that time to do that together so that's mine it's a definitely that's the order i would recommend that we watch them in dark middle wild
1: i love it i love it let's let's end on the blockers note because blockers is awesome okay so here's my trifecta it's two movies i'm pretty sure you haven't seen because they are more modern films i did them both in my 2020 rewatch but there were films that reminded me of this one and maybe did it better. Maybe did it worse. I don't know. Um, one we covered and it'll be probably a future assignment for you, Iceland. And it's a film called Words on Bathroom Walls. Oh, yeah. I think it was Amazon. I got
0: that one and the Chemical Hearts one confused, which was Amazon.
1: Well, that was my other pick, Chemical Hearts, because these three movies, Words on Bathroom Walls and Chemical Hearts and this one, felt like they were in the same genre, not just like teen movies from 2020. And they dealt with similar things in terms of, one is more um, mental illness. Uh, Words of Bathroom Walls deals with a character who has schizophrenia based on a YA novel. And I believe Chemical Hearts is based on a YA novel, but it's also a character dealing with death, romance and all three of them. We'd probably have similar conversations, uh, maybe more positive, maybe more negative. I'm not sure, but it would be a very, very sobering. It's all
0: the same anthology.
1: Yes. It'd be a sobering trifecta to do at a slumber party. But if we were really into this genre, it would, it would work. So that's uh those are my picks. I'm glad you brought up chemical hearts because that's one. I felt like Amazon was shoving down people's throats for a while. It was for a minute. yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Okay. And speaking of shoving things down people's throats, what would you like me to watch? <laughs>
1: Well, I can't assign that to you because you didn't do your assignment yet.
0: Oh, you're right. I have to finish my last assignment. So, I
1: would like you to watch oh to all the boys. I
0: will. I promise.
1: Always and forever. And the next time we chat formally, let me know what you think. You got to close Laura Jean's story. We have to find out what you're you right. Think I do,
0: and I do and I do want to. I do want to. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, heavy topics today, Island, but I'm glad I could talk about it with someone. I'm glad that someone was you. I think we had a nice little nuanced, good dialogue regarding this film. So uh, anything you want to say before we head out, anything you want to plug from anything in your life? I don't know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, again, I want to thank you for bringing this movie to my attention and for having this discussion with me. I, I appreciate it. I also just want to put out there if, if there are listeners who are feeling in distress or know someone who is feeling in distress or work in crisis work and just need to talk, um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is open 24 seven. It's free and confidential. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Feel welcome. Um, in other news, I do have an Instagram whoa i know
1: news to me who have thought?
0: you are the first um human other than the young person who helped me create it to know it and i think it is eislin a-i-s-l-i-n-n dot ruth i think that's what i am um don't know (laughs) how to look myself up here if you put eislin addington in you should come across me yeah it's eislin it's all lowercase eislin dot ruth delightful little selfie there. So yeah, I don't know how to use it, but I'm learning and I have it. If you enjoyed the sound of my voice or the um, opinions I was spewing, you can um, check me out on other Cage Club podcast channels. I love that at Cage Club, you can like look up a host and then see all the episodes they're in. I think that's super fun. So you can find other AP episodes. You could find um, the contenders. You could find Why Aren't We All? That's where you can find me.
1: Island, quick question. How old do you think people who just are listening to the show and don't know your age would think you are from that last statement about setting up your Instagram?
0: Oh, 55. Yeah.
1: (laughs) A young person helped me and I don't know. A young person did help me. (laughs) I know. I love it. It's amazing. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, I'm happy, happy you are on uh, Instagram. I will definitely start following you and I hope, Well, well, you put it out there so I hope, the slumberers follow you as well.
0: Absolutely. I would love to learn from the existing community.
1: It's so so awesome talking and uh, yeah, so stay tuned guys for the next AP episode and uh, thanks again. Ryan here, just pop it in quickly to remind you that even though you are good AP students and even though you support me and Iceland so much by listening today, you still have some regular high school slumber party homework. And as it is our senior year, and as it is October, so it's a spooky month, we're going to cover another horror film. So, your homework for Friday will be to watch a horror film, but not just a horror film. I said in our senior year we'd be doing reunion films. This film is both. I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait to watch it with you because it's our homework. And the film is Slaughter High.
3: Marty Ranson was the dork of Doddsville High. You get undressed in there. His classmates laughed at him. Are you ready? Here's Marty. They tormented him. And then they went too far. Now five years later, Marty's throwing a little party, the lights on. a class reunion.
0: Come on, you guys, let's party!
3: They say he still roams the nut house, ever hopeful of that chance to escape, so he can take his evil revenge out on us all. And he's making sure everyone has the time of their life. I
2: feel sick. Oh.
3: He's created a romantic atmosphere for rekindling old flames. Hey! A nice place to just hang around. Marty hasn't forgotten a thing. He's giving them a blast from the past they'll never forget. Marty Ranson is still a dork, but tonight he's getting even. Bestron Pictures presents Slaughter High.
1: This looks to be a wacky one. I can't wait. Dan Cologne will be here, my horror consultant's horror consultant of the Monsters That Made Us podcast, the wildly successful Monsters That Made Us podcast. And of course, Austin Wolf Southern will be here as well. You know it's always a good time at Austin. I'm excited to have the three of us together to talk Slaughter High. So once again, that's your homework for Friday. Watch Slaughter High. And one more thing, guys. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Check out all the other episodes of High School Slumber Party. Check out the old episodes of High School Slumber Party. I know the quote from Ferris Bueller I just said is like, don't live in the past, but live in the past. Catch up on cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, or wherever you get your podcasts. Friday, we had a really great episode. We opened our spooky season with Dan Ferrara. Autumn Ferrara, Class of Newcomb High, a trauma film. Check that out, of course. All right, guys. See you later. I promise this is it. (laughs) Later, dudes.